you. Thanks. So um, if you haven't been to our women's meeting yet, we're going over Elisa Bevere's study, um, Godmothers. And she said something this week that impacted me. She said the amount of resistance you get towards an area in your life is the amount of return you're going to get. So I really hope you guys get a return today because I told my baby I had to sleep. It's like, Jolie, I have to sleep tonight, okay? And she was like, hold my sippy cup, and woke up every 30 minutes last night. So um, pray for me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I got this, right? Um, so I hope you guys get a return on this because I had some resistance this morning. Um, no, it's all right. Um, this has been one of my favorite series we've done so far on the promised land. It's been like major revelation in my life. And that's what I love about when we have these series. And um, if you haven't heard BJ say this or Lisa say this, we all say this probably every time we speak. It's like we're not speaking out of a place of like we're there, we're at the finish line, catch up with this. We're speaking as like a part of a community saying let's hold hands and do this together. And the Lord has shown us this, so let's walk this path together. And so I was thinking about how we kind of, um, which I, already, I feel honored that I get to close out the series today. And I was thinking about how the three of us, I don't know where Will was that day, but he wasn't with us because it was <laughs> me and BJ and Lisa talking about this. And I was telling them um, about something that Will and I were going through. And for about a year, just kind of not seeing the provision, I mean, I definitely seen provision, but not seeing, I just knew there was like more that the Lord was calling us to, and I hadn't seen it yet, and it had been like a year of this. We had taken a step of faith, like a real big step of faith, um, specifically in our finances, in our jobs, and I hadn't seen what I thought I would, and so I was driving, and I asked the Lord, like, all right, what am I doing wrong? So if you didn't know, that's probably best not to ask the Lord, you know, what are, what are you doing? It's like, hey, what am I doing wrong? Because it's always going to be up to us, and I'll get to that later. But So I'm asking the Lord, and he, he says to me, Brittany, I need you to make a move. And I was like, oh, you were waiting on me. <laughs> I'm so sorry, right? And so I was telling BJ and Lisa this. I'm like, oh, the Lord told me I need to make a move. Like, I forgot it was up to me, you know? And Lisa says, which is what we've been talking about now for, I guess, seven. This will be eight weeks. Lisa says the Israelites, that's what they did. You know, they moved out of this place of provision every single day for 40 years the Israelites had provision but we call it the desert we don't think about it like that they had everything they needed they had everything they needed in the desert every day for 40 years right and then they step into the promised land where God had promised I mean we call it the promised land so that must be exciting that's an adventure I would want to go there. I mean, flowing with milk and honey all the time. I, I mean, I like milk. I like honey. I mean, so they have everything they need in the promised land, but they had to work for it. So they stepped out of a place of provision into a place of having to work for their promise. And so in Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, I don't know if it's up there or not. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one that gives you the power to be successful. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, by the way. In order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. So God gives us, it says right here, he gives us the power to get wealth. He doesn't give us wealth. And everything we have comes from the Lord. So I'm going to say this multiple times so people hear me, just so you know. Everything we have comes from the Lord. Your talents come from the Lord. Your money comes from the Lord. This building came from the Lord. Where you live comes from the Lord. Everything we have. But he gave us the power to obtain that. Right. 
And he gives us the power to get more of that. So if you're lacking in your life, the Lord's saying, hey, I give you the power to get wealth. And I feel like as a body of Christ, and this is why this was such revelation in my life, because I grew up believing, and it's still good to believe this, is that God will provide. So every time something would come up, a bill or you know, money would go out the door, I would be like, it's fine, God's going to provide for me. And I hear that all the time in the church. And it's true. God does provide. But that's not where we're called to live. We're not called to live in this place of like, well, God's going to provide for me. We're called to live in the promised land. We're not called to live in the desert where they wandered around for 40 years and they did have everything they need. And, you know, you can live the rest of your life in the, in the desert, really. And God's always going to provide because he's good. But we're called to live in a place of prosperity. And we're called, like, this is what God's saying when I was praying about this, and I feel like this is probably like maybe a big phrase, and I'm scared to say it, but the goal is not provision in our lives. The goal is prosperity. Like, if we're constantly living in a place of provision, it's what BJ's been talking about from miracle to miracle, that's not a good place to live because you're constantly having to expect God to, to, to move in your life, and that's good. You know, it's like, it's a little paradoxical, and I understand that, but God is going to show up because he's good, but we're called to live in prosperity so that when other people need us to show up, we can show up. Like, prosperity isn't for you. <laughs> I mean, right? And I feel like, and I am going to talk only about money today, so don't run out yet, because I promise it'll be good, and I know the church doesn't like people to talk about money, um, but these principles apply to, they can apply to any area of your life, because the word works in all ways. But I am going to talk about money today. I'm going to talk about prosperity. And God, God calls us to be prosperous for other people. So if you're thinking, I mean, the reason I believe the church doesn't like, or the, I'll say the body of Christ. When I say the church, I'm not like, Freedom Church didn't want me to talk about money. That's not what I mean. But the body of Christ doesn't like to talk about money. I think, A, the world doesn't like to talk about money. You know, I mean, it's taboo. People don't like to talk about money. But Jesus talked a lot about money. He had a lot to say on the subject. In fact, I'll get to this later, but Jesus actually says that it's the least use of your faith in the area of money. He did. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll show you in Scripture. I have a lot of Scripture today because I want you guys to believe this is in the Word. But Jesus, did, Jesus had a lot to say about money. But they also don't like to talk about it because there is a small portion of the body that has abused money. And I understand that. And I don't like that. I don't like it, but then the reason that that small portion shouldn't speak of how Jesus has us to look at prosperity. And so in the, in the last reason they always talk about it is because they're like, well, that's greedy. I have enough. People say that to me all the time. Well, I have enough. God's provided for me. Well, that's good, and I'm glad. And God's provided for me, and he always has, and he always will. But when I walk in prosperity, I get to provide for everyone else. Like, stuff is happening in the world, lots of it. <laughs> And the world is providing for it. The church should be funding the world's issues, right? Like, there's a lot of issues happening in the world, and that's how we reach people. It takes money to run the kingdom. It took money to run Jesus' kingdom. Jesus had money. I, I mean, people don't like to think that, but he had a treasurer. I don't have a treasurer. If I, if I did, I'd probably have a lot more money. Like, it, why would Jesus have a treasure and no money? He had someone dealing with his money. He had money. He had, took money to do what he did, right? It takes money to run the kingdom. Unfortunately, everything we do is not free. 
And I think people sometimes will come back and they'll say, well, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. Yes, it does say that. It says the love of money <laughs> is the root of evil. It doesn't say money's evil. Money's not evil. What people do with money is either evil or not evil. I could give you $5,000 and you could go blow it all or spend it on something terrible or you could literally build a house in Nicaragua. I mean, that's your choice. The money's not evil. Money, only money exposes what's in your heart already. So if, you, it's, if you're thinking now, well, it's greedy, well then, yeah, if you have more money, you'll probably be greedy. But if you have little now, and we'll get to this later, and you steward it well now, you'll realize it's not greedy to have more money. It's not. And if you're thinking that way, then you got some stinking thinking. We got to get rid of it, right? And in Proverbs, it says, Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. It's a blessing to have money. It is. I mean, I'm a little, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little nervous to stand up here and talk about it today because I know it. I mean, it's a hard topic to talk about money. People really don't like it. And I'm not there yet. I'm not standing up here like, hey, I have so much money. Like, I'm paying all the bills at the church. Like, no. But I'm going that way. And that's what I'm saying. Like, let's, let's seek this revelation together, right? It's a blessing to have money. It's not a curse. And if you know people that it is a curse, they've chosen it to be that way. They could have chosen for themselves to spend their money in a good way. So I um, take walks every day, or I try to. I love to be outside. If you're not getting outside and you're sad, you should go take a walk. The sun is so good for you. But I take my walk, and that's my dedicated time to pray in the Spirit. And also, if you're not praying in the Spirit, you should. That's so good. If you're stuck in a situation, pray in the Spirit. (laughs) So I've heard this thing that, you know, we had talked about. I'm like, oh, told, told BJ and Lisa, I'm like, okay, it's time for me to make a move. I understand, Lord. That's, you know, that's my next thing. So what's next? And so I'm on a walk with Jolie, and I'm praying. And I hear the Lord say to me, five things to ask yourself if you're not walking in prosperity. And that's what we're talking about today. So I'm going to define prosperity. I'm going to spend a lot of time today in 2 Corinthians 9. It's like a money chapter. The whole chapter talks about money. But I'm going to start specifically in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, which look at my new Bible. It's so bright and fun, and it's hardback. If y'all don't have a Bible you're excited about, then you should get a Bible you're excited about. It made me excited to read my Bible again. All right, and I brought my real Bible. We tell the kids they have to bring the real Bible on Wednesdays because we don't trust that they're actually on their phone reading their Bible. (laughs) So parents, send your kids with their Bibles. In fact, a few of our kids, this is really funny to me, they store their Bible in in the room. So I'm like, does that mean you don't read it during the week? They're like, no, that's my spare Bible. I'm like, okay. All right, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That is the definition of what I'm talking about. (laughs) I don't have to look it up in Webster's because the word tells me, right? Like, I don't have to give you the definition. Right here, God defines what prosperity means to him. It might mean something different to other people. So let's just leave that aside. This is what it means to the Lord to prosper in all things. It means he will provide all you need, and then you'll have plenty, plenty left over to share with others. That's the point here. That is the point of us saying, like, we want to prosper, okay? And 
I'll just make a quick point too. When you're prospering, God is still providing. Like I'm not saying it's bad for God to provide. Like don't expect. No, and, and when you do put your hand to something and you get money, God provided that too. I just mean let's, let's have the goal be not to live in this place of provision to provision to provision for 40 years. Because, I mean, that's where I've lived a lot of my life because that was my thinking. And so when I talk about Deuteronomy where it says it's work, and, you know, the promised land looks like work, it's not just physical work. It's work in your mind. Because my mind, it takes a lot of work. I know people, I've had people tell me, I know I can be healed, I just don't do it. And you know why? Because it's work to change your mind. It's work. It takes all, all these things I'm about to go over, these five things, they take work. It's not just work to, like, physical, and that's good, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that. But I mean, like, physical work to where the enemy's coming against you in your mind over and over and over, and you have to over and over and over a hundred times a day be like, no, that's not what the Word said. Like, close it up, and that's not what the Word says. Or sometimes it looks like work to turn off the unbelief on TV where everyone's broke and poor and struggling, and the world's you know, going up in flames, and it takes work, and it takes effort, and it takes, like, our decision-making to get past these things and not just stay where we're at. It takes work. So the first thing the Lord told me, these are five things to ask yourself if you're not walking in prosperity. Like I said, I'm not there yet, so we're, we're all getting there together, is are you giving? Are you giving? And I'm not actually talking about tithing. <laughs> I'm talking about giving. Tithing is good. Like, it is wonderful. But that is, like, the basis of where we should be. So if you're like, well, I don't even tithe. Okay, that's good. Go back to tithing. <laughs> like, I believe, you know, and some people think it's, it's stuck in the Old Testament. I don't. I believe that 10% is, is the Lord's. And I'll say that by saying, no, God doesn't you don't owe God or whatever. God's not going to get his money or, you know, God needs your money. God doesn't need your money. This is how little God thinks of money. He paves the streets that we're going to walk on in heaven with money. It, I mean, the streets are paved with gold in heaven. We're going to walk on it. He doesn't care about money. He owns all of it. He doesn't care about money. Giving is to get your heart right with the Lord. So if you're not tithing, God loves you. There is no condemnation. You're, you're, this is not any kind of condemnation, what I'm saying. God loves you. He loves you so much. But tithing is so important. And if you're not giving past the tithe, this may not work for you. Like, it's so good. Like, over and over in Scripture, it's so good to have a giving heart. So we're going to talk about that. So in 2 Corinthians 9, let's start in verse 6. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. I mean, you plant a few seeds, this is what you're going to get back. You can't expect to plant tiny part of your income into the ground and get a harvest back. Same as a farmer. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. 
I know some people, I've heard stories, Andrew tells a story about a pastor who kept them in the church one time until they hit a certain goal. Like, he barred the doors, and he was like, Andrew said he, like, had a standoff with him. He's like, I will not give. And, like, Andrew's probably one of the most giving people, like, I've ever heard of, but he's like, I am not giving out of you telling me I have to. Um, And God will, again, God will generously, oh, I'm sorry, let me back up. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need and you will have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others so hear me when I say this I'm not just saying every time income comes in you have to give it all away nothing should be coming to you that is not what I'm saying of course have what you need and and probably more like definitely more I don't think at all that God cares about your stuff Like, if you want to have nice things, have them. But if they're having you, you should not have those things. If your things are running your life, that's the problem. If you want to have nice things, that's between you and the Lord. I don't judge people. I don't think about it. I know there's, you know, people in the body of Christ who have their jets and their things. That's between them and the Lord. That's none of our business. People love to judge people. They're like, well, they should be giving more. I've said it too. I get it. And I've been there. And the Lord dealt with me actually through my husband. He was like, that's none of our business. It's just not my business. Because you know what? Maybe that was given to him. Or maybe it wasn't. Or maybe the Lord told him to buy the jet plane. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But your money, thats what you do with your money is between you and the Lord. What's important is that you are giving. So going back to the tithe, I again, I believe in the tithe. Like, that's kind of baseline. But why I'm talking about if you want to see yourself prosper to start giving is because tithing doesn't use a lot of our faith. <laughs> it doesn't. Because it, especially in the body of Christ, and, and I've, I've been working here for, I don't know, a few years. I'm in the inner workings of this church. Our church is a giving church. It's unreal how much our church gives, especially with our size compared to some other churches, it's crazy. Like, our church is a giving church. So I believe most of you in this room have this revelation, but you can never hear it enough. And I'm hearing it for myself, and I've been giving for years. So I grew up always tithing, and I realized that a lot of the body of Christ, including myself, it's almost like a bill, right? It's just like, well, I have my phone bill, my car bill, the tithe, and then you write out your checks, and then you give it. It doesn't use a lot of your faith because it becomes a part of, like, what you do. And that's, and that's good. <laughs> the tithe is important. And in fact, I believe the tithe should be sown into your local church. If you're getting fed here, I'm not just saying this because I go here and I love it here and I work here. But it should, like where you're getting fed, your tithe should go there. I believe that. But giving uses our faith. <laughs> giving is above the tithe that goes to these ministries like in Nicaragua. Nicaragua is run by people who are giving above the tithe. I mean, maybe people are tithing to them, I'm not sure. But, like, to Nicaragua, we have an incredible opportunity next week to sow into a ministry that's changing that country. And, you know, the, the beautiful part of giving is that, I, I mean, I have been to India, but I may never go back. But my money, I get a blessing off of that. What Pastor Raj is doing in India, I get a blessing because my money is going into that right? Giving uses our faith. Like, it exercises our faith. And maybe tithing does for you, and that's okay. Like, so let's go back, you know, if you're, if you're like, well, that would use my faith to tithe. Like, t- 
totally. Go back to that step one. That's baseline step one. But giving above that. When, you, when you're out at Target doing all your Christmas shopping you're about to do probably in the next two weeks, and there's like five homeless people that stand on the corner, and you're like, I should buy them lunch. Buy them lunch. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's giving. When Pastor Raj comes next week and you hear this wild number in your mind, I assure you that's not the enemy. It's not. Why would the enemy be like, give him all this money? He's going to tell you the opposite of that. And I'm just telling you out of a vulnerable place, I don't think, and I can think I confirmed this with Will, that I've ever given and been like, I can afford this. I, I'm serious. Like, and I'm not saying don't drain your bank account. Like, that's not wisdom. <laughs> I'm saying that two weeks before, Will and I had a vacation planned for the three of us that I, Ashley and Carly came. Will and I are partners with their ministry. We had given to them throughout the week of um, camp meeting. So I hadn't had a huge plan to like write a big check when they came. And then I heard the Lord say to give. And I was like, well, that's all my money for vacation. And I did it. And the reason I did that is because it uses my faith. And two weeks later, I saw a threefold return on that. And that's a testimony because God's going to take care of me. And I told the Lord, I was like, that's my vacation money. And the Lord says, and I want you to go on vacation. So I'm going to give it back to you. And that's like, that's how this works. I got to bless Ashley and Carly's ministry. And God blessed me back. And I got to go on this vacation that I love with my family times three because he gave it back to me. Right? That's what I mean. It used my faith. And listen, I could have kept that money. That would have been fine. But what it says right here is if I would have kept that money and plant only a few seeds, and I would have got a small crop, right? Like, when you just take your seeds, that's why BJ says every week, seed to the sower and bread to the eater. We get to build our harvest. That's up to you. That's wild to me. That as much as I'm getting into my life is how much I'm putting out. Like, if a farmer goes out to his farm and plants like two or three seeds and that's how much he's going to get and if he plants and he works and he spends his time and he he looks at his garden and or it's probably not just a garden like his whole farm whatever and he's like plans it out and spends his time and he and he thinks i'm going to plant these you know the zucchini and the squash and all the summer and then during the summer he's going to get this huge beautiful harvest and that's what we're talking about with giving we put our money into the ground, and we can expect a return. And that's not why we give. That's a great, great reason that we give, and we get to testify about it. Like, I just got to say that. That's great. I saw a threefold harvest, but we're promised a hundredfold harvest. So I so I expect to come back to me a hundredfold, but I've already seen it three, so 97 more. But that's what we get to do with giving. Yes. Giving, first and foremost stretches our faith like people love their money they do that's why the bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil they trust their money i've seen it i try like i i mean i have to constantly work at my that's what i'm saying this is work i have to constantly work in my heart to not trust my money because god is my source and yes like i said let's not live in a place of provision but god is my source when I saw that threefold come back to me, I couldn't have planned that. I actually, it was random where it came from. Or, even better, Will and I has, we sell a lot of stuff, we do some side things. We had had something listed for months, and no one was interested in it. 
literally two days later after we sowed the seed, it sold for more than, way more than what we paid for it, right? Because that's what unlocks. It unlocks something inside of us naturally when we give. That's why God calls us to give because A, it makes us trust him and B, it's blessing other people. I want to bless other people. I want to get to a place that like the whole church and all of us next week when Pastor Raj comes that we're like, oh, I'm so excited it's Sunday and I get to give. That's where I want to get to. Like if you aren't at that place yet, that's okay. We'll get there and we'll get there together. But I want to be so excited to give. And I mean, there's so many ways you can give. There's so many ways. It's not just money, but money is important because normally it's at the top of people's list. <laughs> and they're like, actually, I'll rather give of my time than my money. Well, then you should probably give your money too. And something that Will and I have done, and I've seen this, and I actually heard, um, I got this from Ashley um, and Carly, and they talk a lot about money. So if you need more in this area, you should definitely look them up. They have great revelation on money. And he said... <laughs> If you're in lack, you need to start giving more, which makes no sense by the world standards. None. And that's what I started doing, and I started seeing return on that very quickly. And then you get to sow, like, I love what they say, sow where you want to go. So I started sowing where I want to go, right? Like, if you're like, I want to um, be a missionary, good, sow to um, Karen and Derry. They're good ground, you know? Like, I want to do... I want to be a pastor. Good, so do your pastors. Like, so where you want to go. And so, like, if you're, like I said, if you're like, my bills don't add up. Like, with my, my month is longer than my paycheck. It doesn't make sense to the world standards. But this is how the kingdom works. Give. <laughs> if you start giving, if you're in lack and you start giving, God's going to give it back to you. If he doesn't come back to me, and we'll go over. I mean, it, it would just confuse me so much. Like, God gives it back to you. And then what's really funny is, like I said, I grew up always tithing. I mean, my mom, when I was little, she would give me a dollar, and I would tithe the entire dollar. Like, if that was my allowance, it's my mom would rather overgive or whatever, which is great. And so I always tithe. But I didn't have this concept of giving. I don't know that I had, like, a giving heart, because it did. It became out of this necessity, this, like, well, this is just what I do. You tithe. And then I always saw myself as a, t a giver. And that is giving, but what I'm talking about is this, like, push of your faith. This, like, excited, like, these missionaries come through, and I can't wait to give to them. I see these people who have nothing. At Christmas is coming, and there's a lot of people in our area who don't have presents. Like, giving to that, making us excited, saying, like, I would rather them get it than me. That's something that we may be working on forever, <laughs> because it's hard. We live in a society that's run by money. People love their money. They care so much about their money, but we get to look different than the world, right? That's why I believe that God has called us to prosper is so that we can take care of the world. How are we going to reach the world without money? It's true. Like, how are we going to? Like, are we just going to all caravan everywhere and walk places? I don't know. Maybe. But that's why people have jets and it takes money. Like Ashley and Carly, you know, they're like, we travel. It takes money to get on these planes. It takes money to do this stuff. And they're impacting millions of people. You know, it takes Lisa's parents money to do this thing in Nicaragua. And what I love about how this works is our money that we sow into ambassadors, and our church sows a lot into that, that um, mission, 
they're teaching these kids these concepts. So these kids are graduating from these schools, making money and sewing it back in to this country, and it creates this cycle, and our money gets to do that. That's really good, right? Y'all are quiet. I know it's hard to talk about money. That's why, I, that's why I'm doing it. I'm just kidding. Maybe, maybe I'm a little bit more tough love than BJ. All right, so point number one. No, that, yes, two, all right, is are you digging up your seeds with your own words, right? Proverbs eighteen twenty one, the tongue can bring death in life. So some of you are sowing your seeds, you're like, I'm a good giver and I'm not seeing anything on it. It's because you talk bad all the time. You're cursing your own seed. Why would a farmer go out, you know, they've made it like science that they, you can talk to plants, which is so adorable, and they will grow when you speak life over them. And they've had the ones that were, they like put the little tapes up to the plants. And they will die when they've been spoken life, or death over them all day. So why would a farmer, in the natural, we see this, go out to his plants and be like, you're not growing fast enough. Like, you're not doing what I wanted you to do. Because that's where people get it wrong. Okay, they put their seed in the ground. And then two weeks later, they're like, well, I don't see anything doesn't work I'm not giving anymore people want to microwave Jesus all right this doesn't work there's a process to things you know we put our we put our seed in the ground and then it starts to come up and then it comes up more it takes months of work you know it doesn't just happen overnight I've I've realized that what I'm about to say really speaks to the millennial and Gen Z generation so if you're above that you know this may not apply to you but I have realized in my generation, the one below me, memes are running the world. Like, that's how people are getting their information out. That's how people are finding out about political things and world things. Memes are running the world. And here's what I've noticed. My generation, the one below me, thinks it's so cute to put up memes about their issues. So, like, I just saw one this week, or I saw, like, three or four, that was like, I treat my debit card at this point like a um, like a gift card, I give it, and I'm like, well, I hope there's money in there. Or there's another meme that's like me with $2 in my bank account wondering if I can do anything today. That's not cute. It's not. And you post these things on the Internet, and I know I'm like, I hope I'm not sounding too harsh, but it's, it's changing your mind. You might think it's cute, and, you know, I know the teenagers are going to cringe at me and whatever, but, like, this is what I believe the enemy is using. And I know maybe that sounds super religious, but, like, he is using it. He's using it towards the teenagers so they think it's a cute. They're like, oh, it's funny. It's not. It's not. It's not funny to post about, like, my, like, my sickness is so da-da-da. Like, you're taking this, even if it's not coming out of your mouth, it's on your words and everybody can see it. And you're taking responsibility and saying, my, 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 my. I'm so poor. I'm so broke. Too broke. Can't do it. Can't afford it. Can't da 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 I mean, if you want to have it, have it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you have to change your words. I take this very seriously. Like, I have no, the Lord has convicted me of the smallest things that I would say that just became cultural, you know, that we would say, like, I mean, like, it's cute now to be like, I'm dead. You know, like, something is so cute 
you say, I'm dead. And the Lord was like, no, you're not, and that's not funny. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say it over myself. I know it sounds small, but these small things are what's changing huge things. Right? Our, our, our tongue literally, literally, it says, has the power of life and death. I don't want to speak death over my money. In fact, I command my storehouses to be full and overflowing. I do. I speak to my, when I, when I put tithe in there and I, and I give, I'm like, hey, I, re, I expect a return on that. You know, and I expect what that's doing to cause that person to be blessed. Like, I command, I speak a life over my, you have to start changing your mind. It starts here. That's why your words and your memes and the cute things that you think is funny that you're saying, that's why it's because it's starting up here. That's what you believe. And we'll get to belief later, but you have to start changing your mind, your words. Things that you could say instead is, you might be saying to me, well, I, I literally can't afford that, Right? You might not be able to. That's okay. But instead of saying that, how can I afford it? Because when I go to the Lord and say, this is important to me, how can I afford it? He's going to tell me. Maybe there's something sitting in your house you can sell. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get to this in my next point. There are so many ways to make money right now, like lots of them, that aren't going to get a 9-to-5 job. Like there's a lot of ways. Change your mindset. If you start looking at everything like, how can I, instead of I can't, it's going to change your whole life. Like, it's not just going to change your money. It's going to change your whole life. If you're sick, start thinking, like, how can I be well? You know, BJ and Lisa, their kids, they when they have a day home from school because maybe they're not 100%, they won't let them say, I'm having a sick day. They say, we're having a well day. You know, like, we're, and it's funny because... Um, Ava's high school guidance counselor was my guidance counselor in high school, which is so funny to me. And um, or your Bible teacher, she's not gonna, okay, Bible teacher. She was ours, and she would not let us give prayer requests saying that we were sick. She would say, "You are on your way to getting better," because what we say here is that we're well people fighting against sickness. We're not sick people trying to get well. We're not poor people trying to get rich. We're walking in prosperity that the Lord already provided for us on the cross. He did. He wants us to walk in it. And if you're not, then these are the questions we're going to ask. So that's number two. Don't dig up your own seed with your words. Don't curse your own bank account. And if you're saying I'm broke and poor, I don't even have an opposite for that. Just, just don't say it. Just stop. You don't have to go around saying I'm rich all the time. Just don't say it. It's not funny. Okay? All right. Number three, are you stewarding? Luke um, 16.10 says, If you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you will not be honest with greater responsibility. In the context of this, Jesus is talking about money. In the context of this verse. So what he's saying right here is, it should take very little of your faith to trust me with money. Are you stewarding what you have well? You know, I was just talking about the women's group, and if you haven't been, if you're a woman, you should come. It's so much fun. It's been so life-giving. I've enjoyed it, and I didn't think I'd like women's ministry, and I like it. You should come. But Lisa Bevere said this week, and it impacted me so much. She says, you don't have to wonder what you're going to do with more. It's exactly what you're doing now. <laughs> If you're like, well, when I have more, I'll give. No, you won't. You're not. Maybe you're not. 
if you're like, I only have $5 to give, that's good. Give 50 cent or a dollar. I mean, really, like, it's, it's like what you're doing right now with your very little is what you will be trusted with with more. It will be exactly the same. If you're like, I give now and I give on my little, when you're a millionaire, you're going to give a lot on your lot. <laughs> you know, I, um, we have an almost one-year-old. She will be one next week is really sweet but also sad and before she was born I started getting this like oh like I want a bigger car and Will and I had worked really hard we were faithful with our very little incomes back in 2000 and something 19 probably and we were on two ministry incomes and we paid off $45,000 of debt and so we had oh thank you Debt is not a good thing, okay? God does not call us to be in debt. Um, we're called to be lenders, not borrowers. So anyways, we pay off our debt, so we did not want to get into more debt to buy our cars. We had, you know, we owned both of our cars, so I was like, but I want a bigger car. And everyone was like, it's fine, you just have one baby. I'm like, no, I don't want a bigger car. So then she's born, it's like May, like getting really frustrated, like I really want a new car. And so I started praying, and I was like, okay, Lord, how can I afford this? And the Lord says to me, your car is very dirty, the one I currently had. And I love clean things. Like, my house is very clean. Will really likes clean things. He was he, he used to, like, try to shame me by taking pictures of my car and showing it to people. It didn't help. Like, my car is where I live. And I had a baby, so I had an excuse. You know, I'm like, I have a little baby. You don't drive the baby in your car. I have, like, diapers, whatever. It was a mess. I get it. So the Lord says, your car is very dirty. And I believe the Lord works godliness and cleanliness that's not in the Bible but I think it's important because it's literally <laughs> Austin likes clean more than anyone in this room yeah <laughs> all three of us have husbands that really like clean things so we get this but I think the Lord it, it, it's proven you know you got some clutter it's going to make you more stressed out but anyway so the Lord says to me like your car's dirty so right then I'm like so convicted I go and clean my car I'm scrubbing I clean the seats I did the thing I cleaned my car, and for three months, I kept my car clean, and three months later, we bought a car with cash that's bigger and better than we could have even provided, because I stewarded what I had well now, and now I keep a clean car, because I like my car, and it's nice, and you steward, I steward little, and now I have much, right? Are you stewarding now what you have well? So I have two more points, and I know it's 12 o'clock, I'm going to go, in 10 minutes I can do it. All right, last, almost last point. Are you putting your hand to something, right? So when the Lord spoke to me and said, I need you to make a move, he meant I need you to put your hand to something else. I, we already put our hand to, Will and I put our hand to many things, but there was something particular in the Lord, which I believe we'll give a testimony about in like a year. But um, he wants us to put our hand to something. You know, in Deuteronomy 30, verse 9, it says, the Lord your God will make you successful in everything you do. He, that's a promise. If you're doing it, he's going to make you successful. And if you aren't successful, again, let's go back to where your mind's at. Is your mind like, I hate it here? Are you like, I hate working here. I hate what I'm doing. I hate it, right? Or are you putting your hand to something and seeing God move? Like, when you put your hand to something, God puts his super to our natural. He will bless what we put our hand to. You know, like I said earlier, there are lots of ways to make money in 2022. Like, 
I know people, know people, like personally, who make six figures a year selling printable pieces of paper that have budgets on them that I could make in two seconds on my own on the internet. They're making six figures doing that. That's easy, right? Like, I mean, it takes work, but like, there's so many ways you can be making money. Sell stuff on the internet. I sold, so BJ's like the king of this. Like, if you need someone to have a side hustle, talk to us. Like, if, if you're like, I need more, maybe God's calling you to do more. You know, maybe God's saying, hey, let's turn off the TV. And I'm not saying, if you're doing it God's way, you're not going to run yourself into the ground. <laughs> you're not. You're not going to spend 100 hours a week and time away from your family and your kids are suffering because you're working so much. That's not God's way. It's not. Because he can do more in 40 hours a week than most people without him can do in 100 hours a week. If you're putting your hand to something and it's not, you're not seeing it prosper or you're stuck, ask him. I mean, the other day I got stuck on something that I was working on. And I was like, Holy Spirit, I am stuck. And I need your help. And I, right away I heard from the Holy Spirit. He wants you to manage your, maybe, maybe you need to manage your time better. You know, maybe you do have time. You know, a lack of time, a lot of what I'm talking about is a movement in, in the spirit of poverty and a lack of time, or you thinking you have no, no time, is sometimes also a poverty mentality. It really is. There is a lot of social media. There's a lot of screen time. There's a lot of YouTube. There's a lot of um, TV watching. That's a waste, right? I mean, sometimes it's good. It's all right. I mean, I'm not saying turn off your, you know, go and throw out your TV and let's burn our cell phones after church or throw them in the trough or whatever. Like, no, it's, a, it's all right. I'm just saying, if you're like, I have no time to do anything else, evaluate what you're doing and put your hand to something. If you're not seeing prosperity in your life, put your hand to something. It's all right, all right? You don't have to run yourself into the ground. If you're running yourself into the ground at your, your um, nine-to-five job, and it's not nine-to-five, it's like you know, nine to nine, ask the Holy Spirit where that can change. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. No family in this church should be lacking with their family. I mean, if you want to work that much, do it. But, like, don't let your, fam don't let your family suffer because you're working yourself into the ground because you think you've got you've to do that. That's just, it's not right. You've got to put your family first. All right, point five, I'll go over very quickly. So if you've done all these things, if you are giving, if you are speaking life over your money, if you are stewarding well and you are putting your hand to something and you're like, I still am not seeing it, you're like, mm, you just don't believe it. <laughs> you just don't believe it. You know, I, I asked him before church if I could say this, and I'm not going to embarrass Anthony. He said I could. But on, on Wednesday, we were talking about thankfulness, as we do in November. And someone spoke up and said, you know, we can, we can talk out of a place of thankfulness when we pray. We can say, thank you, Jesus, I'm already healed. That's a great way to pray. <laughs> we don't have to ask God to heal us. We've already been healed on the cross. So we say, thank you, Jesus, we walk in our healing. Anthony raises his hand and says, and I was like blown away. It made me cry a little bit. But he says, I like what you're saying, but you also say, you can say thank you, Jesus, all you want, but if you don't believe it, it's not going to work. I, I preached on this in March. That blew me away. Just so you know, like, your kids are getting it. Stuff that I'm, and it's not Will or I, but they're getting it. <laughs> Stuff that I didn't know until I was an adult. What Anthony just said at 
13, 13, is something I didn't know till I was in my 20s. Like, they're getting it, <laughs> you know? Like, I used, I grew up believing I'm going to declare it and say it and pray it and say it, say it, say it, and it's not working because I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it was going to work. I love, um, I listen to Andrew Womack. I'm sure you guys probably hear us talk about him a lot. I listen to him every day of my life. <laughs> His podcasts are 22 minutes. I listen while I'm getting ready, and they're so life-giving. So if you need something to listen to, it's very, very good. And there's literally thousands of his teaching. And I love when I'm listening and I come across, um, he either talks about Lisa's parents or he'll talk about Pastor Dean, which is um, BJ's pastor. And so the other day I'm listening and he was talking about Pastor Dean. And he said, man, this, this guy is one of the most prosperous people I know. Like he just prospers. This is Andrew talking about Pastor Dean. He said, so years ago, he invited him to his college to teach on prosperity. And he said, I went in as a student for the week. I had my notebook and I had my pen, and I was ready. I'm like, I am going to get what this man has. Like, I want that. He said, at the end of the week, I didn't write anything down because I knew everything he said. But the difference was that Pastor Dean believed it, and I didn't. You have to believe it. You know, if we go back to the basis of being saved, right, it says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. So that's our basis. So if you're like, I don't actually believe God's going to prosper me, you're not going to see it. You have to believe it. You have to believe it, right? I mean, I, it's, it's, you can say all day long, like, thank you, Jesus, that my bank accounts are full, and thank you, Jesus, like I said, I'm healed, or, you know, whatever, but, like, you have to believe God's going to do it because he's already done it. <laughs> like, we get to walk in it. What I'm saying is going to work, because he's already done it. He's already done the work. Like, it's now work on our part. And some people, like, kind of don't want to take responsibility, <laughs> you know, and they like to blame God. I've seen that so much in the church. And it's so sad to me because I, I like that about my walk with the Lord, that if something isn't working in my life, that's on me. Like, it would be really scary if it was on God, because that means he's in heaven, like, doing something different for every person in the world, and I don't know what to believe because it is what it is, or it's not what it's not, and it doesn't make any sense. This is the exact same for me and you and every person in this room. It's that we, maybe, some people are seeing it because they've worked out their faith more than others. You know, I have every muscle in my body that like a bodybuilder has like we have we were born with the same muscles I could not run a 5k today I don't think I could run a mile today probably I hated it in high school I hate it now I'll walk you know don't don't if you see me running I, it's not good probably but BJ runs a 5k every day I would not be able to but I could if I worked it out if you are seeing people in your life, you're like, why are they getting healed or not me or whatever? We have the same measure of faith. God didn't give me more faith and you less faith. I mean, we teach our kids there's no junior Holy Spirit. They don't have less than I do. I just said Anthony knows things that I didn't know at his age. We have the same amount of faith inside of us. Just other people maybe have worked it out more than us. Exercise your faith. Amen. So I don't want to leave you with 
how do I get there? What are you saying, right? Like, I'm going to go ahead and invite the band up, actually, while I'm closing. But this is all, all of these things, everything I just went over, is just practice. It just is. If you're wondering, like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? I've never given in my whole life. Like, start anywhere. You know, I was listening, I listened to a ridiculous amount of podcasts, like, probably more than most people, and I was listening to one from a self-made billionaire the other day, and he said, I got to where I'm at, so he's self-made billionaire, he said, I got to where I'm at by doing it now, he said, I literally started when I was a kid, and I would go, do it now, do it now, do it now, and so he did that for years, which is kind of weird, and then he made a staff do it, which is kind of weird, but it worked, he said, the number one um, thing that's standing in between you and your success is your procrastination, right? And that's kind of what we're looking at here. Like, the number one thing between us and getting there is just doing it. Like, if you're in this room today, you've heard it. Now we get to do it. We get to put it in small practice. Give $5. You know, like, if you if you don't have anywhere to, like, you're like, I want to work, but I can't find work, come volunteer at the church. Give of your time. I'll put you to work here. Might be for free, but I'll put you to work. And then all of a sudden, it'll be amazing. You'll see a job open up because you're sowing something. You're sowing your time. And, you know, this whole series to me has been about an adventure, like with the Lord, you know? Like, when I think about the promised land, I think about, I put myself in the Israel White's standpoint, and I thought, that must have been so exciting. Like, they had this promise from the Lord of this beautiful land that was theirs, and Will and I just got back from a vacation um, in October with Jolie. She's, she was 11 months old at the time, and I was a little nervous, you know, like, for whatever reason, we're insane, and thought the first time we're going to take our new baby as new parents on vacation, it's going to be to another country. Like, I don't, I don't know, but we did it. And I was nervous when we got there because we decided to see a lot of the country. So every day we were, like, basically waking up somewhere new. I thought, how is she going to deal with this? And at home she sleeps in her crib, but in vacation we have her in a packing plane in our room. Every morning, literally, we would be somewhere different. And she would wake up. She would be, like, over the packing plane, like, hey, Mom and Dad. So happy. So content. And I was praying about that, and the Lord says, she's fine because you're with her. It doesn't matter where you're taking her, you're with her. And that's where the Lord's taking us with the promised land. You know, if he's like, I'm calling you to start a business, he'll be with you. He's with you. That's what he wants us to look. That's why we look at kids and get to use that as we look at our good father, right? He's good. It doesn't matter where he's taking us. He's go like we're go he's going with us, right? That's such beautiful news to me. Like, I look at my baby, and she doesn't care. She doesn't care where we're going. We're with her. Her parents are with her. We Like, she loves us, and we love her. Jesus is way better than I am, yeah. right? God is way better than I am. If you're scared to take that step, to make that move, to start that business, to give more, to trust God with your money, to trust God with your healing, he's going with you, and he's good, and he's not going to ask you to do something that's bad. <laughs> It's going to be good on the other side. It's going to be a beautiful adventure. Amen. So we're going to take um, a few minutes to respond with worship. And have a